will end it after the shovel, or will it? Miami running around, circling, oh look out! Gronkowski didn't have the angle! Touchdown! Oh, how can you drink? A miracle! Hello, welcome to the Dolphin UK podcast. Almost draft time. Um, getting a bit silly season on Twitter now, isn't it? Every uh, man and his dog's got an opinion on everything and on every player and every position. And yeah, don't take a tackle at six, otherwise you'll you'll have fun on, on Twitter. I can tell you that with the Dolphins. Um, joined by Simon and Lee, as always. And uh, I think everyone's getting a bit of draft fever, aren't they? Uh, si, how you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, looking forward to sharing our mock draft with all of the, the uh, listeners this evening. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be more accurate than some, shall we say. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll have a discussion on that as we go through, for sure. Um, Lee, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Mock draft season is fun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I remember the first one I, I got involved with and I was like, this is so like exciting. Everyone's got these opinions and now just absolutely exhausted by it but uh only only a couple of weeks to go that's for sure they would all sit down and be be wowed as the dolphins pick completely different players than, than we've all predicted but uh <laughs> there we go um we'll start off then lads. we'll have a quick discussion about someone else's mock draft first because um we have got our own coming up later in the show uh, and we've also got a couple of good things we've got our um prize mm. giveaway from the twitter competition which a uh, big thank you to everyone who entered that it's going to be um, exciting to see who wins that. Um, yeah, so we'll kick off discussing Mel Kuyper's um, mock draft, which came out uh, on Monday, I believe, this week. A um, bit bizarre in terms of picks and uh, and kind of moving around the board from the Dolphins uh, at the top end of things. So um, for those of you that haven't looked at it, haven't read it, um, we move up from six to four to get Kyle Pitts and we do to do so we obviously give up the sixth pick and a 2022 second and third mm. round pick so I'll flip it your way to start with mate because that just feels like a bit bizarre given what we've uh given what we've done in the you know moved around the board already um and then to give up some capital next year which would leave us with only one mm. uh pick in the first two rounds next year seems a bit bizarre it's very strange. I mean, Mel Kuyper ought to know better, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, I looked at that. I only saw it for the first time today and I thought, what a load of rubbish. It just doesn't make a lot of sense at all. If they're trading up to four, then why wouldn't they have just stayed at three in the first place? Because it seems as though they've dropped down then one spot to give up a second and a third and to gain a first. And I'm sure they can still take the player of, of who's at top of their draft board at six anyway. So for him to suggest that, he ought to know better, really. And and it's clickbait. I'm sure it is. It's nothing more than that. Yeah, that's it. And um, for me, the kind of opposite was also true. So the Falcons went from four to six and still took Trey Lance as a quarterback there. It feels like if you locked in on Trey Lance as your guy, you're happy to take him at six. You'd definitely take him at four, wouldn't you? You wouldn't risk... Uh, somebody else popping up to fire with the Bengals and taking the quarterback that you wanted just for the sake of a second and third round pick next year. It just feels a bit bizarre. Uh, Lee, any kind of disagreement on that one? No, no, but just to play devil's advocate just a little, um, there is a scenario where, where you see the Dolphins move back up. and it's, But it's only in the instance that something bizarre happens ahead of us, that the Jets take Penisil, that the 49ers bail out where they decide actually this is a horrible idea to try and get Mac Jones and actually we, we don't want to do that anymore. You know, 
I can just say, you know, but it's not because quarterbacks are coming off the board. You know, if all the quarterbacks come off the board as predicted, they're not moving back up, you know, and especially... I could, again, I've got nothing against Pitts, but if you'd wanted Pitts, you would have stayed at three and taken him because no one seemed to be against it at three either. So this seems like a long way around around the houses just to get the guy you want, you know, you originally wanted anyway. Yeah, it does feel a bit clickbaity, doesn't it, really? I mean, um, especially because ESPN led their kind of tweet with the, with the Pitts pick and uh, everyone kind of lost their lost their minds over that and everything there, which which everyone has been doing quite a lot lately, haven't they, which is uh, all good fun. Um, go on, Si. Is this the same ESPN that suggested Trevor Lawrence might not be the number one pick after all? <laughs> I did see that, yeah. That was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... We know that um, they call the next couple of weeks smoke and mirror season. This should definitely also be called clickbait season because it's just it, throw something wild on Twitter and then watch watch hell rain down. Do you know what I mean? And I think there, there's people in social media teams just watching people click on it, going, "Yep, this is exactly as we wanted it." <laughs> Give me that advertising money. That's it. Isn't <laughs> That's it? right. <laughs> um, Right, well, moving past Pitts, then he, he has us taking uh, Quitty Pay uh, from Michigan at eighteen. Um, Guys, I don't know whether either of you's got any strong feelings on on, on Pi at all. Whether that's the kind of or the maybe even just an edge rusher at eighteen. Is like anyone got sigh or throw it your way? Yeah, I mean, we all hope. Um, I think between us, we're for a certain running back, um, don't we, Lee? Uh, but if it's not a running back, <laughs> I can certainly see um, them going for an edge rusher for sure. Whether it's him or whether it's Jalen Phillips or Greg Rousseau. Uh, I can see that being the second sort of scenario that they'd consider, aside from running back, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big pie, uh, pay pie, whatever you want to call him. I'm not a big fan, to be honest. I think if you look at kind of Rashawn Gary with, with the Packers, I mean, it's all kind of athletic ability, but there's not like a lot of college production in my eyes. It's not like I'm not gripped anyway. Like I much prefer Aziz Ojulari if we're going to gra- uh, draft a kind of prospect or a kind of guy that looks like he could be big in the league but didn't produce a lot of college I prefer Ojulari there um, but yeah I'm, I'm, again I'm not against uh, Ed Rush or 18 I think that's a, a very sound move and, and I think the free agency sort of getting rid of Shaq Lawson not bringing anyone else really in to play the edge makes me just feel like that's a move that, that is highly likely and probably I think more likely than the running back there to be honest but um, I won't kind of dash Lee's dreams too much and Lee any kind of thoughts there like do you, do you think it'd be a, a travesty if we did take a, an edge at 18? No um, I mean if, if Brian Flores wants that as a piece in his defence I think you know I mentioned this on Twitter the other day we've come far enough to to trust the front office and what they're going to do yeah Najee Harris is my favourite but the, you know Hell, if they throw an answer, my opinion, I'll give it to them, but I doubt that's going to happen. So, <laughs> but I mean, the edge position still definitely needs to be addressed. I just don't know if, for all the reasons people say you shouldn't be taking a running back that high, or you know, with other teams, your position of choice. Um, I don't know if the Dolphins value, I think their version of the pass rusher that they want is not the top name on the board. I think they want a better fit for the system than they want just the best edge rushing talent because I think they want the guy who fits the scheme and is going to get his numbers based off the scheme, not you were great in college. I don't necessarily know that carries as much water. I think they would rather have a Trey Flowers than, I don't know, pick any other name that you want. A guy they know and a guy who's going to fit and play in the system do you know what I mean? I think that's why they, they went hard after him in free agency a couple of years ago. 
it was it was fit over just talent and i don't know for me i'm not saying that you sh- that they shouldn't go edge rusher it needs addressing at some point absolutely um but i don't know it just for me doesn't feel like necessarily what they're going to do but i wouldn't be mad if they do it i say i think they've earned, earned our trust yeah for sure and i think like um like you say with trade flowers you could you could get trade flowers in round two quite easily this year there seems to be a lot of like mid mid caliber guys rather than um you know out and out stars sort of top 10 picks i don't think we'll see any edge rushes in the top 10 to be fair so that that's quite a change from normal isn't it and and then quickly on to the other two picks before we dive into our own mock um, draft. Shavonte Williams at 36, the running back out of uh, North Carolina. Jalen Mayfield at 50, the, the tackle out of Michigan. Those two picks I'm a lot more sound with. I'm a lot, well, actually, I'm, I'm pretty sound of all the picks, to be honest, but but I don't really like the movement around the top of the board for, for Pitts when I think we could get him at six. So Williams and Mayfield fills a need, I think. I mean, I, you, if you follow us on Twitter, you'll see me banging on about tackle. Uh, every day of the week so um, that's no surprise that I'd like another high caliber kind of guy on the outside of our line Uh, and Javante Williams is uh, arguably running back two in the class I I think that's a bit disrespectful to Travis Etienne but uh, he's a player that could do it all and I think he's a three down back and that wouldn't be a bad shout Lee you look like you're going to disagree with me no no I'm not going to disagree but as as more of a expert on the draft than, than me I wanted to ask you how do you feel the gap between running back one in this draft and running backs two and three are as, as compared to maybe tight end one and tight end two, where we yes. know there's a big golf. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a huge golf actually, but it, it, what there is is a complete difference in style, isn't there? It's not like, um, you know, when you're looking at maybe Pat Fryermouth, you're getting a bit better blocker as a tight end, but also a, a very good receiver. Whereas Pitch, you're getting an out and out receiver and, and not a whole lot of blocking. Um, ability there but if you look at the running backs yeah I mean if you look at uh, Harris is your kind of power back but also I've been saying on on the kind of full 10 yards stuff when when he catches the ball at the backfield it's like a tight end getting the ball it's not like you kind of slight running back who you kind of waiting to get whacked and and, and fumble or something like that he's he's literally just such a powerful runner and he's and he's got good movement around the uh, around the sort of line of scrimmage as well so that's that's what you're getting there but with with Williams you're getting a bit more of your traditional um, sort of not huge but not small guy either kind of getting him as soon as I, I, I quite like comparing him to kind of a sort of uh, like a Nick Chubb sort of guy who's not going to give you um, not going to give you the world in the, you know in, in the passing game but also quite solid hands when called upon um, and but runs hard between the tackles as well and then with ETN you're just getting an all-round like dominating pass back really who's would be absolutely fantastic for tour i think as a as like a, a dump off sort of option there and that'd be quite nice so yeah i'm quite high on those three guys i don't think there's a whole lot of difference i've been taking uh williams in the mocks that i've been doing where i've been ignoring harris at 18 so yeah um quite interesting there and then mayfield you're getting a solid pass blocker um i'm not like worried by his skill set but the sort of i still feel like he's probably a bit high more high caliber and a high ceiling than than Robert Hunt at right tackle, so it wouldn't be a bad bad fit for us there. So, just going back to Williams, actually, if they did manage to land him at thirty six, that would be an awesome pick. I just feel as though there is a risk, similar to what happened last year, that there are plenty of teams ahead of them who are in need of a running back also. And if if the likes of Harris and Etienne go off the board relatively 
close together, I feel as though they may miss out on on Williams as well because um, just because of their draft position afterwards. But who knows? Yeah, there's that horrible stage between the first and second round where the teams get to actually <laughs> think overnight, and that worry that worries you because I think that it kind of everything resets overnight. And I think you, you know during the first round things get caught up, and all of a sudden. I think you see players slide. It's not necessarily on purpose. It's just teams are like, oh, I didn't expect that and kind of ignore it. Yes. But I think yeah. stuff kind of resets overnight. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of how it went last year. I think they were yeah. caught a little bit thinking this is going according to the plan. We thought it was going to pan out. And everyone was like, oh, hang on, these guys are still here. Let's take them. So well, you, look at, you look at the Jets and the Falcons who are the two picks, 34 and 35. Arguably, both of them need a running back. Yeah, exactly. And even the Jags with their with their second yeah. pick, I know uh, uh, yeah, they so got, got a good guy last year, didn't they? But they could definitely like take ETN to compliment um, Lawrence there, couldn't they? I've actually in a, in a few drafts that I've done. Every time I've seen Harris get, somehow fall into the second round, I just think if the if the Jags didn't take him with the first pick in the second round, it'd be absolutely crazy. It'd be a great fit. I know they've got James Robinson there, but why can't you have two backs? Uh, you know that. That's not a problem. Just out of interest, and I'm sorry, I know we, we've got to get to the draft and we'll keep <laughs> things moving, but what what was the last Dolphins running back that really excited you guys? Because I, I remember being absolutely devastated when they didn't re-sign Reggie Bush because I enjoyed that period of time where he was a running back. I thought he was great fun to watch, good player. Do you know what I mean? Just in, yeah. enjoyed that sort of time. That's it. Si, what do you reckon? I think the two immediate ones that stand out for me are Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown. Um, both of them were um, awesome in their in the time that they had with the team, and I don't recall too many. Maybe Lamar Miller got cl- uh, not Lamar Miller, um, Lamar Thomas. Sorry, he got close, um, but not didn't have that longevity that perhaps Williams and Ronnie Brown had. Um, but apart from those guys, I don't recall anyone literally capturing the imagination and setting the world alight. Well, I was going to say you were uh, disappointed everyone by not saying J.O.J. but now in the UK. I mean, I mean gonna... <laughs> you're not going to believe this. He's actually British born. Who knew? Did you not know that? I yes. did not know that. <laughs> Who knew? I, I remember staying up all night to watch Ricky Williams' comeback game in that, that game against Pittsburgh where it rained all night and it was delayed on a Monday night. <laughs> it was it was delayed for hours and hours and hours. And then we got beat 3-0. He actually got hurt on like the sec- his second play of the game and missed the rest of the season. I was <laughs> devastated. <laughs> there you go. I got I got a very fun J.O.J. story actually very quickly. I actually met him on top of a building in uh, Whitehall in Westminster where my uh, office um, would rent, the roof was rented out by NFL UK to uh, take some promo photos and we were told there was an NFL player coming and I was like, oh, that's going to be quite exciting. <laughs> and guess who it was? <laughs> you would never guess, would you? And uh, so that was fun. He was quite nice. We, he signed a couple of, uh, uh, of like trading cards for me. But um, yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a J.O. Nice. story. <laughs> um, and on that bombshell, as uh, Jeremy Glasson would say, we'll move on to our own um, mock draft. So yeah, well, basically, guys, what we're going to do is run through. We've got all 32 of the first round picks. Um we kind of divided it up, just kind of went one at a time in, in, and rotated every sort of 10 picks. So um, we've got uh, Lee and Simon both picking uh, Dolphins picks at three at uh, 6 and 18. We didn't bother with trades because we know how uh, cumbersome that can get. And um, for the sake of easy listening and a fly through in, in the next uh, half an hour, 40 minutes, we will just keep it uh, as it was. So, um, Si, kick us off, mate. What have we got with the Jags of the first pick? 
Uh, no surprises here, of course. Um, Trevor Lawrence, he's the consensus top pick of the draft. There's absolutely no way the Jags are not going to take Trevor Lawrence, sort of thought. And I think, I can't remember which one of you it was, said that um, he's already got the playbook, apparently, for the Jags. So, um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is, is the number one pick for, for the Jags. Nice, yeah, great player. And uh, like, yeah, I did say, uh, I'd heard that he'd got the playbook already and was already working away. So, uh, yeah, great, great start. Um, I'm going next with the Jets and having traded away Darnold, um, no surprises. I don't think that Zach Wilson's going here. I mean, I, I in my uh, grading for my uh, for the mock, uh, full 10 yards um, draft guide, I'd got fields above um, Wilson as the quarterback two here but I just think that all the noises we've heard out of New York point to it being Wilson um, looks like he's going to have all the kind of Hollywood stardom to cope with uh, a move to the East Coast and, and New York mm. and the New York media so I like it I think it's an interesting pick and and I'm sure that Xavier Howard will be more than thrilled to come up with a, a few picks from him next season. Lee you've got the 49ers and the first probably big decision to make of the draft. Yeah, so I, I took Justin Fields here for, for the 49ers. And I, I'm going to be honest, my thinking behind this is we know that the, the trade between the Dolphins and the Eagles and the 49ers had all been talked about a few weeks before it actually went down. And I think the 49ers are waiting to figure to find out, right, the Jets are absolutely locked in in Zach Wilson. We're going to take the guy who's been the second on the board for months and months and months. Like, he seems to have only fallen during this draft process, and that happens every year. I think you're just going to trust what you knew coming in and take arguably the second best quarterback on the board. I mean, I've seen plenty of drafts where he's dropping down into the 20s and ridiculous stuff, but I don't know. It just feels like it could very easily happen. I think that makes more sense to to trade up for the guy who was originally the second QB in this draft rather than trading up for a, for a Mac Jones who most people had going in day two. Yeah, exactly. And um, fun fact that uh, that Justin Fields actually beat Trevor Lawrence in their Elite 11 class. So uh, Fields has got a bit of calibre, same sort of calibre coming in as uh, as Lawrence. And I think, uh, as we all saw in that national champion, sorry, in the, in the college football playoffs, um, Last year, the semi-final, Manny played a good game against Lawrence and Clemson. So that'd be a really interesting one to watch, won't it? Sai, um, do what Mel Kuyper should have done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've done what Mel Kuyper did, actually, and selected Trey Lance, albeit at number four. Now, the Falcons can go in one of a couple of directions. They can either, um, in the absence of any particular trades in this mock, um, they could think about getting a player like Kyle Pitts to build around or to support Matt Ryan and the other elite wide receivers they've got, or they can select the quarterback of the future because we know Matt Ryan's only got a year or two left at the high level that he's playing at. And I think if your quarterback of the, of the future is there, you take him. You don't wait for that opportunity again. And of course, with them having a new general manager, he gets his long-term guy as well. So Trey Lance is the pick for Atlanta at four. Awesome. Yeah, it feels like that could be um, a really good one for Lance himself as well, with a bit of time to sit and develop. Um, you know, I don't think he's a plug-in and play start on day one. Um, that's quite interesting. This bit, isn't it, for the uh, for the Dolphins, especially that kind of leaves kind of Chase or or Pitts there, or maybe someone else as we'll find out in a second. But yeah, it's quite it's quite exciting, isn't it? Um, so I'm going with the Bengals at five, and I'm going um, for Jamar Chase, who I think is the best wide receiver in this class. Um, they could have gone Penal Sewell here to protect Burrow and Co. But I think the kind of 
the way the tackle class is this year, you're still going to get a reasonable guy with that second round pick for the Bengals. Um, you know, there's a lot of like guys that are, are very good, but not quite at, like top half the draft, sorry, top half of the first round sort of player. So I think, yeah, they'll go for the best wide receiver in the draft, um, comparing back up with Burrow. Go on, Lee. Just, just to be a bit cynical here, because I know that there'll be people shouting that there's no way they can ignore the fact that Joe Burrow got hurt solely because they couldn't protect him. Remember, there's a chance that Joe Burrow misses the start of next season. And if you want to put butts in seats, get a top-class wide receiver, don't draft a tackle, because no one's paying to come see the tackle play, unfortunately. Just the way it is. But, they, you know, I say, I just, I think it makes an awful lot of sense. Everyone that says they can't look past Penn I just, I, I don't agree with that logic, so... I, yeah. I love that pick. <laughs> and and you also get the kind of uh, feeling that, that Burrow would absolutely love that as well, wouldn't he? I mean, you, you immediately turn back on that, that LSU 2019 best college football team that's probably ever played sort of uh, vibe there, wouldn't you? Right, Lee, this is what I'm going to spend a couple more minutes on. Um, the Dolphins pick for me, please, mate. So I took Jalen Model, and I know there's people turning off and screaming <laughs> and <laughs> because Carl Pitts is there and Penn is there and... I was picking, so I don't care. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just, I, I've said it enough times and, and I'm sticking with it. Um, I want to give two or one of his guys, simple as that. And I think Jalen Waddle fits the mould of what the Dolphins want better. So it's a, it, it, it works for the team. It works for, for Tua. I'm taking him. It, even if people have got others ranked higher, I mean, I would have still taken Waddle had Jamal Chase been there because I just, I'm not having a chemistry problem. I'm not having um, Mike Wallace, Ryan Tannehill all over again. Nice. Sorry, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, there's, there's no wrong pick at, at that slot. If they go receiver, whether it's Chase or whether it's Waddle or Smith or Pitts, they're all good quality players and receivers and you can't go wrong. So I don't think there's a right or wrong pick at that position. It's purely um, a matter of opinion for whoever's uh, for um, the front. Obviously in this occasion, it was Lee, but in obviously in real terms, it'll be, it'll be the front office. So it's, it's, there's, there's, an, it's no, no lose situation, whoever you pick, I think. No. And I, I mean, I said, what I said earlier, I trusted the Dolphins take Penaisure. I'm still, I'm trusting them to do that because they think the, the receivers are good enough. You know, I, I, I said all along, I've been, I was excited to see what Albert Wilson could do with Tua. He seems like the perfect fit, and you've already got him in house. If the Dolphins feel, I think they've earned the trust of going with it. Yes, it'd be maybe a bit of a shock because I just, my logic says this is what they're going to do. That's just my thoughts. Um, but like you say, it, it's hard to go wrong here unless you take a quarterback. <laughs> that would uh, <laughs> that would uh, send us all for the yeah scurrying for Twitter to, to voice our opinions, wouldn't it? I, I, I think um, I like the pick actually. I actually agree with you that it feels like one of the more likely ones. It might feel. I think that a lot of people would see it as the least desirable of those kind of four players that you listed. But there's a lot of upside, and like you say, there's a lot of connection and a lot of elite speed. So why the hell not? Um, Sigh, on to the Lions, if you would. I mean, the Lions are laughing because um, Devonta Smith has fallen into their lap at, at seven. So I've selected him for the Lions. Now, I did consider Kyle Pitts, bearing in mind Dan Campbell's the head coach and he's a former tight end. And pairing, me, pairing him up with um, TJ Hawkinson seemed a good combination to have. But they don't have any other wide receivers, of course. They've lost Golladay and they've lost Marvin Jones. And that's why I ultimately went for Devonta Smith as opposed to Carl Pitts on this occasion for the Lions. 
Nice one. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely an interesting one, and we'll, we'll find out where Pitts goes in several picks' time, which is probably going to be uh, more sacrilege for the uh, for the listeners. Um, I have got the Panthers. Uh, just trying to zoom in on my phone on the picks. That'll do. That's better. Um, and I've gone for J.C. Horn, who for me is the most aggressive and most kind of lockdown sort of Jed and Ramsey style corner in this class. Yes. Um, Pat Sertain's got all the technique in the world, but I like Horn. I like the the kind of uh, strength, the the aggressive play, the ability to, to lock down uh, guys such as Pitts, which he showed he could do at college level as well. Um, so, yeah, give me a bit of that. Uh, he stays local, South Carolina lad, uh, going to the Carolina Panthers um, at the eight pick. Yeah, eight pick. Yeah, that's it on. Lee, over to you with the Broncos. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think... They need corner help. I know they've, they've got some corners on the roster, and I know this. Uh, why has his name escaped me? I forgot as well. I know what you mean. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> the guy they picked up in free agency, but I, yeah. I, I think you take a young guy here and have him on the roster. We know those Alabama guys are, are well coached, they're ready to go. I just think it's a good fit, and they're probably quite happy. Um, I think the, the Caleb Farley injury worry probably puts them off. Um, I know a lot of Denver fans were high on Caleb Farley before that news came out. So Pat Satan just kind of made sense here for me. Yeah. AJ Bowie. That's it. I said, AJ Bowie's gone somewhere else, hasn't yeah, they? No, they, they, cut, they cut AJ Bowie. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think he might be in Carolina now, actually, which um, he could pair him with JC Horn. Yeah, interesting. Um, so that would leave the Cowboys staring at Kyle Pitts, thinking this is great. But I'm actually going to show some restraint if I'm Jerry Jones here. I'm going to pick the best tackle on the board, which is uh, Penal Sewell. Um, I've just spent all that money on Dak Prescott. Um, I've got a lot of weapons already. Um, a couple of years, like back in 2014, uh, the Cowboys had the chance to, to draft Johnny Football. They passed on him for a tackle and they got a, and they, they built a strong, the best like, O-line in football for several years by doing that. They return to this. They've already got their, their quarterback. They've already got some weapons. I like the move for the Cowboys. Uh, Lee, back to you with the Giants. So at this stage, I think it's, it's too far to let Carl Pitts go. Everyone's too much in love with him. And the Giants need Daniel Jones to succeed. Um, you, you, you paid Kenny Golladay. <laughs> you paid Kenny Golladay a, a wide receiver in free agency. And I'm taking the, the chess piece that is Carl Pitts off the board here. And, and, Hoping to prove that we we were right right when we took Daniel Jones. If I'm a Cal, if I'm if I'm a Giants fan, but uh, it doesn't mean I'm sold on Daniel Jones. But I, I don't want the excuse to be he didn't have the talent to succeed. So yeah, that's it. Imagine pairing him with Evan Ingram. That'd be um, quite an interesting tight end room. A bit like pairing him with Mike Gazicki, I guess. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, an interesting prospect there. So uh, skipped a few picks in uh, picks in the rotation, but you've got the Eagles, mate. I mean, the most glaring, obviously, need for the Eagles is wide receiver, but all of the top three have now gone, and I don't think there's another one that warrants selection at 12. So they, they do have some defensive needs as well. Cornerback is one, and linebacker is, is the other, and that's why I've gone for Mika Parsons at linebacker, because I know they've got some holes there, and they've got a new je- uh, defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, I think his name is, and um, if, they, if they want a player who's young and hungry to fit their scheme... Um, he's ideal in that role, I think. So, yeah, Mika Parsons for the Eagles. 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because uh, Parsons was kind of like a top five lot before the season, but seems to be quite a lot of character issues there. So, um, yeah, be an interesting pick. I think the uh, Philly fan base would like him for sure. Um, that leaves me back on the clock with the Chargers, and I'm going for one of my guys who I think is like one of the most underrated kind of talents in this uh, class, and that's Elijah Vera Tucker, the tackle out of USC. Um, played guard until this year. But now kind of shunted out to, to tackle in the last year and just got such a reliable skill set. He's such a strong guy, not afraid to get st- st- to kind of get in the faces of the uh, opposition edge rushers and the Chargers need uh, an O line. Desperately don't know they kind of their O line been decimated a bit and um, they got to keep dressing Herbert upright. So yeah, give me Vera Tucker if if he kind of struggles to tackle to start with, shift him inside and you've got one of the best guards in the league in my in my book. Um, Lee, back to you with the Vikings, mate. So, yeah, I took Gregory Rousseau here. Um, I just seen any pass rush. Simple as that. So, it took what I thought was the next best pass rusher off the board. Sweet. That sounds good. Um, yeah, Miami guy. I'm not really sure on, on, on how high he's going to go, actually. It's going to be an interesting one to watch that. Seems to be um, all over the place. Yeah. I mean, um, people just seem to not know where to put put him in, in regards to ranking. It's yeah, I watched, I watched a lot of his tape the other day, actually, because I, I haven't watched it for ages. And uh, it's, it's really impressive tape, but there's a kind of, um, it's just a bit of a, you know, consistency question mark, I think, isn't there? It's like a few games, basically, where he peaked towards the end of that 2019 season, and then we didn't see him again. So, yeah, he's a really interesting like case study in how much an opt-out year kind of would affect everyone, I think, isn't it? Um, Sai, you have got uh, our nearest and dearest, the New England Patriots. Yeah, in the absence of any trades, um, this particular pick makes absolute sense. And I've gone for Mac Jones at quarterback uh, for obvious reasons, because they know we know they need a quarterback. Uh, but what I also liked about the pick is that it gives us Tua versus Jones twice a season. And we finally get to realise that Tua is the better quarterback of the two. So Mac Jones for me, for the Patriots. I, I, I can just say I absolutely love that pick. Um and unfortunately, it's from a pure football point of view because I think playing within the system is exactly what New England want and he just fits that down to a T. Um, I thought you were going to say you loved it because we'd beat them every year. Uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately, I think. I think it just makes a lot of football sense. Don't get me wrong. Had I been picking, I would be very tempted to pick a kicker for him, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think, I mean, I said it about... about um, the national media saying Tua can't play off script. I don't think teams like the Patriots want their quarterbacks to play off script. You stick to the script and we'll write a good enough script that it will work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Um, and that's put me back on the clock with the Cardinals. I am going to protect Kyler Murray and give them uh, the second best tackle in the class. That's for Sean Slater. Um, some people got Slater above Saul, which I think is a bit uh, a bit crazy given Saul's uh, age and skill set. But um, there's not a massive gap between them, so I like the pick here. Um, the Cardinals have kind of ignored O line in the first round for the last couple of years, when um, especially last year they could have taken a, a tackle, I think, over Isaiah Simmons. So um, yeah, I, I like it, and I think that would be a great fit, and that would be a bit of a steal for them uh, there. Lee, back to you with the Raiders. So I'm going to absolutely butcher this guy's name. So we can start right there. But um, a guy over a, a five-yard rush who's a Raiders fan would absolutely kill me if I didn't take Jeremiah Rusu Kama here because he's absolutely in love with him and says he fits the Raiders down to a tee. 
I don't know enough about the Raiders to make, to make a, a, a decent enough opinion. So I deferred deferred to a Raiders fan on this one, um, and hope Raiders fans are happy. Solid. That prevented us picking him as well, which makes me a little bit happy because I don't really like the guy. But um, <laughs> there you go. Um, Sai, take it away. So there are a couple of directions I considered for the Dolphins with this pick. Edge was the the main consideration aside from the pick that I've made uh, because we know it's a need. Um, I'd, so I did. Temp- I was tempted to select Jalen Phillips with this pick, but I can't get past the fact that they need to support Tua with and with some more weapons. Um, and if you don't take Najee Harris now, there is a risk that they're not going to end up with a with a either Travis Etienne or Javante Williams. So rather than rather than risk losing out on a top tier running back to help Tua and support him, I've gone for Najee Harris for this pick. You can basically see Lee's burst the teams to, to come in. But go on, mate, take us away. No, I, I mean, I wanted to maybe look at it a slightly different way. You, you know, if you passed on an RJ Harris here, I've seen plenty of people say use picks to move up and grab another running back later on, whether it's moving up in the second or into the back end of the first. Would you rather give up assets to get a Javante Williams and take an edge rusher here? Or just use the pick you've got to take an RJ Harris. I mean, I'm, I'm just not keen on passing up the best running back in the class and then giving up more assets to get the second best running back in the class or the third. I, I, I say, if he's your guy, take him. If not, wait and see how it plays out for, for me. Yeah, and we, we look at what happened last year. The Dolphins didn't take a running back and they had ample opportunities to do so. Um, with that class, and they missed out, and and look what happened. They're running. Their uh, arguably their running back core was was not uh, Gaskin aside was wasn't particularly productive. Um, but I think um, they can't let the same thing happen again and lose that opportunity. That's why I think they might grab it this year. Yeah, yeah. I just I was just going to say as well. I wonder if having first time offensive joint offensive coordinators and however that's going to plan out whether you'd rather give them kind of a plug and play running back and then trust Brian Flores to scheme pass rush from from maybe the third or fourth best pass rusher in the class or another free agent I, I just trust him to scheme it rather than the offensive coordinators to make something out of nothing um, I'd rather give them the best go yeah it's interesting isn't it yeah it's a good debate I think I've got a feeling that we aren't going to go running back here, but um, I think that will like disappoint quite a few fans, won't it? So they'll have to make sure they've got somebody equally of like who produce, produces fairly quickly. Otherwise, it's going to be a non-stop like chirping all year, isn't it? But uh... I, I, for me, I, I mean, obviously, I'm in love, you know, with Nigel Harris as a pick. But if, if they do it, that's absolutely fine. But you've got to have an answer at running back because I just don't think it can go. It can continue where we cycle through free agents to bring them in and get excited every two weeks because someone had 80 <laughs> yards. Like, yeah. great. But let, let's have a guy. Let's let's have a guy that defences are scared of. Yeah. 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 Sure. Nice one. Um, that puts me back on the clock with the Washington football team. Uh, and I've picked um, Zayvon Collins here, another guy that's kind of been linked with the Dolphins. Um, linebacker. Kind of one of those guys, if you put on his film for Tulsa, he is like head and shoulders seemingly bigger than everyone else on the field. And that's because he's everywhere playing that kind of lower level sort of college football. And he is long and athletic and can cover in the passing game. 
really like the player. Another one of those guys that's kind of up and down uh, draft boards everywhere you look. Um, I think the Washington need a quarterback. I think there's too early to pick someone like Caelan Mond here. Um, so, yeah, give it the next round to, for that to happen and take Collins and, and kind of make that defence even scarier. Uh, Lee, back to you with the Bears, mate. So, yeah, I took Christian Darasaw here. Um, I, I want to protect the Red Rifle. And I, I know people seem... It's a weird one for me. I know people seem to be low on Andy Dalton and think that it's kind of a bit of a bit of a joke because obviously they, they wanted Russell Wilson and stuff like that. It's not it's unlikely to happen that Russell Wilson gets traded. Right? Don't don't set your heart on that. Um they're obviously not in a position to to, to give up picks to move up for a quarterback. So I, I think it was a good option. Also if you look back at Andy Dalton's career, he's been a good starter in the NFL. He's taken the, the Bengals to a bunch of playoff games. Okay, he didn't win any, but it's good enough to get you out of the division, which is more than the, the Bears have had in a while. So I want to keep him upright and give him every chance to succeed. Yeah, definitely. It feels, yeah, that, that one's an interesting one because I feel like they could have gone like a wide receiver or something as well. Just to, it's, it seems like it's the last sort of uh, draft cycle for those guys in Chicago, the front office and the, uh, and the coach, isn't it? I mean, uh, as much as you, you were like praised uh, Dalton, it feels like even less he wins. 10, 11 games and takes them to the playoffs still out the door. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think they're on a high into that. I think they're out the door no matter what because I don't think they're going to win a division even if Andy Dalton plays the best Andy Dalton he's ever played. Yeah. Um, but I just think he, he's a solid guy. And if, say, if we'd gone wide receiver here, for instance, had, had you done that, I'd have been on board with that because I'm support the quarterback and give him every chance to, to win you games. You know, if you make it hard on your quarterback, you deserve to get fired. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's why we should take Saul at six. <laughs> going to keep, keep just <laughs> shipping away, shipping away. Um, Sorry, that put you on the clock with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, talking of left tackles, we all know the Colts have got a big hole at left tackle now following the retirement of Anthony Castonzo. They haven't yet invested in a replacement and I think it's in their interests to keep Carson Wentz as clean as possible back there. Um, so I've gone for Tevin Jenkins' offensive tackle for the yeah. Colts. Yeah, I think they'd be uh, kicking themselves if Darasol weren't the pick above because I think there's a small golfing class between the two, but uh, Darasol would be really enticing there for them if they can game, can't they? Uh, wouldn't it? But um, Lee, back to you with the Titans, mate, and, and another of my guys. Yeah, so I took Aziz Ojolari here from um, Georgia. I think. They're still looking for what they wanted out of Jadavian Clowney. And I'm not saying he's Jadavian Clowney straight off the bat. It's just we've got something to work with. Jadavian Clowney obviously didn't pan out really based on injury. But I think that's still a hole in, in their roster they want to fill. And they still got a kind of guy they want to go after. I wouldn't be upset to see him, see him become a Dolphin. I actually took him in a draft where Nigel Harris is off the board at 18. I took him at 18 for the Dolphins. Um, so, yeah, I, I like him. But, yeah, hey, would, would love that. Would love that, mate. He's a great player, isn't he? Um, yeah, really kind of like high ceiling sort of guy. Love that. Um, Sai, you've got the exciting uh, prospect of partnering somebody with Zach Wilson in New York. Yeah, and I have partnered in with Travis Etienne actually, and I, and I weigh up the, the pros and cons of whether this is a bit of a reach for them or not. And I look at the fact that they're filling a need. It's getting towards the end of the first round anyway, and they could easily select him with the first pick of the second round if he was still there. But I look at the fact that the Steelers, who are who are next on the clock, 
also potentially might need a running back, as do possibly the the Bills and the Bucks, who are picking at the end of the first round. So rather than take the risk, um, I've selected ETN for the Jets with this pick. Yeah, that'd be a, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a sad one, that wouldn't it? Really, we just like uh, would it be interesting actually watching Harris and him go head to head a bit like uh, Jones and Tua? There'd be a constant narrative there. So yeah, that'd be a really interesting one. But also, I'd be disappointed because he's a great player and he'd be in the division. So yeah, um, nice pick there. Um, I, that puts me on the clock with the Steelers and Greg Newsom. Uh, I probably went a bit early on Greg Newsom. And that's because I just assumed Caleb Farley had gone when we took the pause between the two halves of this draft uh, across the last week. So I should have picked Caleb Farley here, but I went for Greg Newsom, who's probably cornerback four in this class. Um, like interesting player out of Northwestern. He's he's kind of fits a need for the Steelers in terms of they they had a bit of um bit of like uh, overturn in their secondary. Somebody on the mock draft I did with the full 10 yards guys the other day said that, that the Steelers were like a terrible team and it was kind of like hidden underneath the surface. And I can kind of get on board with that. They also said that uh, that Ben Roethlisberger was like a, a like a dying dog that just needed putting down. So uh, that was quite, a, quite glowing terms for Big Ben's quarterback play last year. But this kind of gives them a bit, a bit of secondary help alongside our guy, Minka Fitzpatrick. And um, yeah, be interesting to, to, to see that, how Newsom develops. I think he's like a good future prospect, but who might struggle to start with. Uh, Lee, back to you and the Jag second pick. So yeah, kind of similar to where Simon went here with the with the Jets. I, I've given the I'm giving the savior quarterback help straight away, and I'm getting him, a, a, you know, one of the, the wide receivers who seems to be in a lot of mock drafts in this the first few picks of the second round or the back end of the first. Um, to be honest, had ATN been there, I may have gone gone running back. I would certainly have taken Harris had he been there. Um, so yeah, just as I did go wide receiver, like I'm, I'm giving giving my quarterback help again. I just it, it's it's one of my pet peeves when you draft a quarterback, you say he's the guy, and then I tell you what, it's exactly what the, what the Bengals did last year. You, you everyone thought that Joe Burrow would get hurt. He got hit every week, and everyone's like, eventually he's going to get hurt, and then he gets hurt, and they're like, oh my god, we didn't know it was going to happen. Like <laughs> yeah. no one else did. So yeah, that's it. Um, no, I like the pick. Yeah. Um... Just a great receiver, actually. Like in a normal class, he'd be up there as wide receiver two, three sort of thing. But but the three kind of guys that we took uh, in the top ten are just special talents this year, aren't they? So that's that's a interesting gap between wide receiver three and four in, in our draft here. I can see it being slightly closer than that in the the real thing, uh, which leaves me with the Browns, and I took Quito Pay, who I kind of. So I wasn't a big fan of earlier for um, for, for the Dolphins in when Mel Kuyper took him. I, I'm still not a big fan, um, but I think Ed Rusher fills the Browns' uh, biggest need if they don't sign to David Clowney, which could happen any day now. But um, he feels like that kind of guy that can then that isn't going to be put. There's not going to be a lot of pressure on him to perform as the main pass rusher in Cleveland. They've obviously got Miles Garrett, um, and so it gives him a bit of time to develop, so, like in the way that Rashawn Gary, like I compared him to earlier, has um, taken to, to grow in, in Green Bay. So, yeah, um, quite a safe pick there. Um, and the draft is in Cleveland, of course, as well. So, I think that would kind of fill a need and keep the fans uh, excited a little bit there as well. Sai, back to you with the Ravens, mate. I had my eye on um, Bateman, actually, at wide receiver, knowing that that's a need for the Ravens. 
Um, but obviously he went a couple of picks before, so I went for the next best alternative and couldn't believe that Jalen Phillips was still on the board. Um, so I, I selected him. Um, he's by far potentially the best edge rusher in the draft. Um, and Dan, Daniel Jeremiah even had him going in his latest mock, going at 14 to the Vikings, I believe. So for him to now drop to 27 in our mock, um, uh, the Ravens have snapped him up. Yeah, a bit of a bargain there for sure. Um, Lee, you take the cornerback that I should have taken. <laughs> yeah, I basically, I, I think the Saints are a team that like to live on the edge. I don't think um, a potential injury is going to put them off. Um, so, yeah, I took Caleb Farley off the board here. I think that they could do with a corner. So, to, to take one that was considered to be a, a top 10 pick or at least up that end of the draft before the injury worry, I think they'll consider this as a, a, as a great win to get him this far down the draft. Yeah, definitely an absolute bargain there, isn't it? And he, he could he could feasibly be the best corner in the class in a year or two when he's had time to recover from his injury. Um, I'm going to take another corner for the Packers. That's Asante Samuel. Bit of a uh, homer pick here for me being a Florida State fan. Uh, Samuel's a really kind of good player, good solid cornerback, and, and we know that Florida State produces good defensive backs as well. So it makes perfect sense for them. Um, they've just re-signed Kevin King, but you know we all saw how he got torn apart in the playoffs. So uh, Samuel kind of learns a bit from um, J.R. Alexander before going to partner him on the outside for, for the Packers. Um, Sai, back to you with the Bills, and I think you were a bit disappointed with the, the lay of the land, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, for the Bills offensively, they're pretty much sorted with the exception of tight end but there isn't another tight end that warrants a first round pick in this draft I don't think so I looked defensively at their two areas of need cornerback and edge and would you believe I was uttering various expletives in all the picks prior to this one because of the eight previous picks six were cornerbacks or edge rushers all <laughs> of which would have been um, up for selection for the Bills. so in the end I went for Joe Tryon who's an edge player um, simply because he was the the, the best one left I felt at that position and that, that could fill a need. So, yeah, yeah. him. Another interesting player, yeah. Be, um, uh, I'd be more comfortable with him than any of those guys that you kind of referred to above them going there. Be, um, yeah, I think he might take a, be a bit of a slow burner in terms of development maybe, but, uh, yeah, interesting to, to see how um, Austin Jackson and co deal with him on our offensive line every week. Um, Lee, wrap us up with the Chiefs and then I'll say, well, Go for the Chiefs, then I'll wrap us up with the Bucks. Yeah, so I took Leon Eichenberg here, the, the tackle from Notre Dame. Just, they need tackle help. You, you cut your two tackles, we saw they struggled. This isn't just based off the Super Bowl. It, 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 again, it's a kind of pet peeve of mine that you see too many people, oh, you saw what happened in the Super Bowl. It was one game. Like, yes, it was bad and they lost the Super Bowl, but that, that's no worse than saying, did you see, you know, the way the Bucks tore... The, the Packers apart early in the season, it was a closer game later in the year. Do you know what I mean? The, the two games against the same two teams week after week are not the same. So um, it's not based just off that. It's based more off the fact that you cut your two starting tackles. So you need to tackle help. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, interesting player as well. Yeah, good, nice one. Um, then I will uh, wrap us up with the Bucks and Jason Owe from Penn State, who I felt... Probably could have gone a bit higher up in this class. Uh, I've actually got him above uh, Quiddy Pay. 
and Co up there um, as well. So maybe maybe I should take him for the Browns. But yeah, I like Oasis. He's a, he's a good, um, solid, aggressive, strong player, and that is not what we need the Bucks to get more of. But um, but yeah, interesting pick to finish us off. And I will quickly hand over to Lee Guang before I... No, I was just going to say, for anyone that's listening to this and saying, oh my God, I can't believe that guy has fallen there. Just remember that for the last four weeks, we've all been looking at mock drafts and we've seen basically every player in the top 100 mocked at every position from, from here to the back end of the second round. So there's going to be players that you're like, oh, everyone else is saying they're going higher. And it's like, yeah, because if you, if you look at 2,000 drafts, you're going to find a lot of variations. So yeah. it's, it's, it's difficult and... So I think things get really muddy right now this time of year because you're getting a lot of a lot of teams putting out kind of stuff that's not necessarily true, and everyone's putting out clickbait. It's e- easy to kind of get everything muddled up. So yeah, definitely. Um, Sai, any kind of interesting picks throughout there for you? Uh, the AFC East teams have all improved offensively, I think, and considering you, you had the Jets um, picking Etienne and, and Mac Jones for the Patriots, look if that materialises, would look good for some real super duper AFC East matchups in in next season. Yeah, it would be uh, it would be weird to see like Josh Allen as the kind of like oldest and more, most established starting quarterback, wouldn't it? Being a, being a bit of a jump from where he was this time last year. So, yeah, interesting. And uh, and definitely still would leave a kind of a, a window open for, for Tour and Co to go and win the division, really. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, like a, I really enjoyed that, actually. I really enjoyed going through. And I really enjoyed the fact that we've got four quarterbacks, three wide receivers, two corners. That's a hell of a top nine and uh, <laughs> just quite quite nice and uniform when you look at it on our, on our spreadsheet in front of us. But there you go. Um, quick message from our sponsors now. Hi, this is Andy Turner, MD of Silver FX Sports, proud suppliers of all the merchandise of the UK Dolphins fan club. Please check out their great looking online shop and membership area at silverfx.co.uk. Click on the NFL link and then click down to the Dolphins. Thanks, guys. Great. There we go. Um, and we'll move on then. We, we had a really good reaction this week to the giveaway we did on um, Twitter. I know, Sai, you're going to uh, shout out one half fit in a second. But um, I just want to move on to, to the giveaway, the Albert Wilson jersey. Uh, quite a lot of positive uh, reaction to that and loads of kind of retweets and follows. So thank you very much. And if you're listening for the first time, hope you I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard and and, and we'll, you know, we, we bring you a variety of stuff every week. So stick with us. Um, that being said, the the, the jersey's going to go to um, at Alan Fitz one. So Alan, if you're listening, mate, uh, I know you've interacted with us a few times in the past and stuff. So hopefully you are. Um, just give us a give us a shout, drop us a DM, and we'll get you that uh, jersey out in the post. Um, if it goes in claim, guys, we'll give it. We'll, we'll redo it next week in the, on the pod, and we'll we'll do that until it uh, until it goes somewhere and gets a good new home. So yeah, Alan, give us a shout. Sai, over to you. Yeah, I just want to say thanks to Joe at, um, also known as at Replay the Day One on Twitter, for donating the Kenyan Jake print, which I know everybody loved. Um, please check him out on Twitter, as I say, at Replay the Day One, where you can find a link to his Etsy page, where he's got a range of prints that he's designed, not just for the Dolphins but for various teams. And if there's a particular um, Dolphins moment that you want him to um, print for you and draw, then feel free to drop him a DM. So that's Joe at Replay the Day One on Twitter. 
Nice one, yeah. And uh, congrats to the guy that won that one. Let's hope he's listening as well. Um, should be in the post to you shortly. Um, that's about it for this week, lads. We'll, we'll finish with a couple of plugs for, for for different bits and pieces. But thanks for listening, guys. Um, really enjoyed the, the the mock draft. And man, I'm just looking forward to it all being kind of done now. And just so we can sit down and film that reaction sort of podcast. That's going to be a really fun one. Um, but I'm sure we've got some more to talk about before the draft as well. So we'll see you guys next week. Um, Sorry, go with your plug first. I've got one as well to go. Yep, charity raffle we're running at the moment um, over at uh, at Dolphin UK account. That's at Dolphin underscore UK. Still plenty of time to take part if you want to buy some virtual tickets. Um, we're giving away a signed jersey for the lucky winner who will get to choose from a signed jersey either Tua, JT, Ricky Williams, Devontae Parker, Mark Duper, or Xavier Howard, or a Jason Taylor signed helmet. Um, it's all profits are going to be in aid of the NHS because it's our way of saying thank you for all of the efforts they've put in throughout the course of the pandemic, of course. It's £5 a ticket or £6 for £25. And if you want to take part, please send PayPal uh, payment to dolphanuk at gmail.com. So um, the draw will be made for the winner will be made um, on or shortly after draft night. So there's still a few weeks to take part if you want to join in. Thank you. No, Thanks, Andy. That's all right, mate. No, and uh, some really good prizes there. So that's uh, exciting for somebody to win that. And I know that uh, we're all kind of keen to, to win that as well. So we'll all be in the hat and we probably won't win because it's probably uh, unfair for one of us to win. So there you go. Um, we will, um, I just want to finish on another quick plug. We've got the, uh, my, my other hat on, my college football hat on, we've got the full 10 yards draft guide. If you guys um, are interested in kind of getting clued up on the draft and the couple of weeks left, um, go and check that out. $5.99 for a digital copy or $11.99 for a hard copy and a digital copy. Um, yeah, go and do that. Um, a pound from every purchase goes back to the British uh, American British football or American football game, um, Britball. So check that out and, uh, yeah, and hit them up as well. They've got lots of pre-draft stuff uh, going on. Cool. I think we'll finish there. You can get, you can find us on Dolphin UK underscore pod. You can find Sion on Dolphin underscore UK. Lee at, at Five Yard Lee or me at AJ Moore Twenty One. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and see you soon. Yeah.